I'm really going to have to include the Brene Brown bit before this for this <laughs> specific joke to make any sort of sense. <laughs> this is now a Brene Brown podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, gamers. Welcome to an evening with two best friends talking about video games. That is what we do on this show. We are now two bespeckled men. Yeah, this is this is a this is a podcast hosted by two men with glasses. So get ready for some real intelligence. <laughs> Which is talk most now. of them. <laughs> <laughs> it is most of it is them. most podcasts. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> David got glasses, and wow, I'm I'm feeling the vibe over here. Chase was Chase was shook by my vibe. And my martini glass with my drink in it. You made a real entrance with this stuff today. I only see like one little bit of your house, so I can't really see you wandering around <laughs> putting on glasses or making a martini. And you sure did and came back in with like just, a, it, it, you didn't bust down the door. You didn't kick it in, but it felt like you did. Hey, you know, it's a vibe and I got to live up to it is really what it comes down <laughs> to. I've, I've been given a great responsibility to be a bespeckled man. I hope that's the right word. <laughs> bespeckled? I think, I think so. I feel like there's a letter missing in there. Bespectacled? Bespectacled. I think but is the right like word. that sounds like a spectacle. I mean, it, it, listen, listener, this is a spectacle. I'm seeing a, a side of David I haven't seen before. And well, I like it. This is, now, this is now a bi-spectacle, bespeckled podcast. Bespectacled yeah, bespeckled podcast. is the word we were saying at first. I don't think that means anything. But what if we said we, bi-spectacled? Would that be the two of us then? Two bi-spectacled, be, bespectacled. <laughs> Fuck. Two it, bespectacled it might mean people that. is bi-spectacled. Hey, welcome to Video Game Podtimism. <laughs> it's the Optimist Video Game Variety <laughs> Show where two best friends who now both wear glasses... Talk about the wonderful world of gaming. Uh, my name is Chase. And my name is David. Welcome. Welcome in to an evening with with gamers. With gamers <laughs> with glasses. Oh, man. It's the new subgenre of our of our podcast. Again, that's all. That's all of them. That's most <laughs> most of the video game podcasts. Well, now we're now we're part of the crowd. Yeah, I guess that's true. We'll fit right in. Um, Hey, have you been playing video games, David? I have been. Yes, I have been playing games. I would just love to hear about them if you'd be willing to permit that. I've still been playing a lot of power washing simulator. Yeah, man. It's like a cozy, noisy, hydro-powered sweater to wear at the end of the day. Still I'm still enjoying it quite a bit. It's just so easy now with my with my spectacles. Yeah, you can see all the dirt. To see all this dirt now. There's so much dirt everywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm hunting for it. I'm a dirt hunter. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it can be a little frustrating with how slow my camera turns sometimes when I'm in certain positions. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's still, it's still just fun just to see the change in these, these objects that you're cleaning. Like I just, yeah. I made this stegosaurus sparkling clean the other day. That's the <laughs> cleanest stegosaurus I've ever seen in my goddamn life. It looks beautiful. Was that the park that you were cleaning up? The playground. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's interesting to me to see what objects call to me to be cleaned first mm. in this game because it, it always changes and there always really? is something that calls to me of like clean me baby come over here spray me down i gotta say the floor is always my move which i know in real life is the opposite of the correct move usually you clean that last but something about cleaning the floor in this game i just like i want to set a good base i was about to say for... this seems like a very chase albi move of just yeah. i just i'm going down the list and for this time i'm going down to up let's get let's get the base of yeah. this nice and sparkling 
and we'll go from there. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I'm usually like a shed of some sort, a lawn. You want a, like maybe. A, a full object to finish. Yeah, I want. I want to. I want to do a full object because I need a little bit of a little bit of completion to mm. to keep going. Like so sure. that I can yeah. I can always look back at the at the sparkling clean Stegosaurus when I'm like. <laughs> A quarter of the way through the, the dirty ass ground and i'm just slogging you've got your shining house on the hill to look forward to exactly and i definitely did figure out how to use the uh the jet head to make oh, some yeah, uh, yeah. to make some fun art in this game oh too. sure you're a little expressive yeah I, I gotta express myself a bit you know i mm-hmm. got I'm, this is my job but i can have a little fun too you know just have a good time <laughs> yeah and whistle while you work man whistle whistle while you work power washing simulator Fun game. Good I game. Enjoy yeah, it. it's fun. I also beat Tunic. Oh wow, that was fast. Yeah, I blew through this game. This game was really good. Yeah, I really enjoyed Tunic quite a bit. I'm glad one of us got through this because I felt like that was a big blind spot for me, having not beat it last year. You didn't beat it? I didn't. I sort of like fell off it, and then like for a while, I was like, I should go back to Tunic, and then picking it back up seemed kind of daunting mm. because there is there's kind of a lot of like. Stuff you need to hold in your brain yeah. at any given moment for that game, That's and just I never really got back to it. It's definitely one of those games where you have a pretty clear internal map of mm-hmm. where things are and how things work and interact together, and like what changed in this area when I did that, and you kind of have to remember to go back. But yeah, no, it was a great. It was really a fantastic game. It's apparently a game that is part of a genre that. I enjoy, according to Mallory, my my girlfriend, oh, what because is she sees me playing this game and she's like, oh, this looks like a game you would enjoy. And I'm like, pray tell, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said that you that I always love to play games where I'm a creature on a quest <laughs> and I had no rebuttal. I was like, yeah, I do like yeah. those kind of games. <laughs> I was like, Tunic, it's true. enjoying it. Turnip yeah. Boy, enjoyed it yeah death's door enjoyed it mm-hmm. hollow knight enjoyed it true Silk Song, Quest, man. will enjoy it i'm sure i will i will be a future enjoyer of that game whenever it it, it graces our lives <laughs> if we make it to the release of that yes let's not Which, yes. Just, like just uh, not not gonna jinx it there is a nintendo direct tomorrow as we're recording this so maybe oh, future fuck, us knows something we don't about that as a possibility oh my god dude i would be so up with they're just like silk songs out it, there's always the risk of it but it never really comes true and so um, my hopes are never that high that i will be playing silk song with any sort of haste but i'm not i'm not gonna meme this into becoming the the winds of winter of video games though i'm gonna i'm gonna <laughs> stay firm in my belief that this is gonna happen and it's gonna be awesome when it does they're very confident that it is coming out like xbox last year was like yes silk song is coming out and it will be on game pass Ooh. this year she they said this year last year <laughs> uh, they, they said next year last year oh okay okay cool but yeah do you have any other creatures on quests games that you that you have enjoyed in the past i can't think of any others but i'm sure there's multiple others out there my recall is so bad that i'm sure that i've played a creature on a quest game <laughs> i was gonna say paper mario but pa- paper mario isn't a creature that's a man this beast paper mario inhuman creature i wish i could google that but i sure can't i mean they're all kind of like zelda games Maybe um, Garden Story. Oh, I was about to say Garden you Story. I think is like, the next one I need to play. If this is yeah. if this is my genre, it I was interested when you played it. It's a it's a little bit different. I will say, like I think all of those games have kind of a like main thrust that's happening. Yeah, 
I think garden story is a little bit more, not ding boyish, but there's like stuff mm. that you do. You get missions and like uh, daily stuff you have to do. Yeah, that's true. Cattails. That's definitely creature on a quest. Oh shit. Yeah. Big time. I still think fondly of cattails. I know. It was a fun that game. That was a fun game. That was a fun little game. Yeah. But Tunic was great. I really enjoyed it. Probably the, the game I compared it to the most w- when I was playing it, just because it was fresh in my mind, was Death's Door. And they are similar mm-hmm. yeah. creature on quest games. I feel like they are very similar, but different games. Death's Door is much more linear, I feel. Mm-hmm. Whereas Tunic is a large like a large area you can just go out and explore so i do appreciate that tunic gave me that ability that that kind of wander lusty sort of breath of the wild just go out and find things exploration that i didn't quite get with with death's door but still still loved both of those games but also just i was astounded by how many wow moments i had in tunic so many times that the camera yeah. would just pull away and you'd be in this cavernous area or this beautiful space place with like sun beaming down on you or just like all this like ancient machinery whirring around you like the visuals were pretty incredible for what the game was so on a technical standpoint i was very impressed with this game and i just think it was masterfully crafted really interesting and i loved the whole entire video game manual aspect of the game mechanic of the game which i thought was a really great throwback and Mm -hmm. a, a nice way to digitally give people that experience of engaging with a separate object, a manual to find out what the fuck is going on in a game and like keeping notes in the back page with the memos and stuff and just having all these little things that are all these clues and secrets that are given to you piecemeal as you find this booklet that's scattered through the world. I thought that was a really awesome touch and something that yeah. I think I'm kind of a sucker for. Cause, I mean, I definitely grew up with game manuals before, so mm-hmm. definitely kind of hit me in, in a nostalgic place with that. I, I think it it also simulates the experience of like if you ever encountered any like Japanese game with a mm. Japanese manual or oh, sure. uh, r- yeah. renting a game and like somebody some kid tore off half the pages or something like that and so Mm -hmm. you have no idea what like it should be or just you know renting a game and it not having a manual and being like yeah how do i play this game (laughs) no absolutely and i mean like the whole entire aspect of the game where it's you can't understand anything people are saying except for keywords you know it's like it's like it's a game that you imported from a different country and now you're playing it it's like if you were playing zelda before it got imported to the u.s as like some weird hack that you got from overseas Mm, yeah so yeah really 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 great game it did fall into the bad ending and true ending foible that i'm not a fan of but it yeah. wasn't it wasn't too it wasn't like too unsatisfying i mean it was a pretty unsatisfying ending for the for the bad ending but <laughs> yeah i'm not going to find half of these hidden fairies to to get the real ending i'm sorry it's just yeah i, I don't got time for that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel you and one other thing i did like was that they called the d-pad the holy cross yeah really that great that was awesome <laughs> really great stuff it's just like oh i can use this i can you can do it i can use it this way and just all the different things that it allowed you to do from the very beginning but you just didn't know how to interact with the game and then you figure out oh i can do this and can go back and do all these different things so yeah that was a really yeah. fun game i really enjoyed I really enjoyed Tunic. That was that was one of the better games I've played in a while, I think. I'm I'm glad. Like I said, I I felt like it was a blind spot for me having not like had the experience that I think you did. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure I would if I just went back and like maybe gave it another shot from the beginning. Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad you like found the fun in it, even though it sounds like it wasn't buried very deep. No, it wasn't. It was it was easy for me to touch the fun here. That sounds Yeah. That sounds wrong. Interesting, yeah. It's like taste the rainbow, but Mm -hmm. much more suspect. That's for uh, Skittles' (laughs) off-brand 
candy company called Squirrels. Squirrels. Touch the fun. Touch Squirtles. The fun? Yeah. Would that be like a Skittles condom brand? Squirtles. I hope Squirtles. not. Because <laughs> it is sort of a painful thing to say out loud. Like my mouth doesn't like saying it. You said Squirtles? Squirtles. Squir- <laughs> Squirtles. Like Squirtle? No. Uh, let's say S-K-O-R-T-L-E-S. Squirtles. Squirtles. That's a that's a hard one to say. That does not come off the it mouth is. very easily. I, I really like I feel like if I speak it too close, it's not clear. Squirtles. No, because then it sounds like a Q. Squirtles. <laughs> Squirtles. <laughs> We're way yeah, off the topic fun. of video games now. I know, yeah, sure are. Anyways, one other thing I mm-hmm. did play this week quite a bit of was Mario Kart 8 with mm-hmm. Mallory's niece. Oh wow. It's her first time. How's that going? It was her first time playing Mario Kart, and yeah. she was doing so well. She was doing really? so Whoa. well, Chase. She was in first place. Granted, it was 50 cc's, but you got to start them. You got to start them where they can start, right? Yeah, I, I would assume that if somebody hasn't played Mario Kart literally ever in their life, that I would I, I, I would expect myself to be in last for most of that run. I was coaching her. She was doing great. She was doing a great job. Wow. And on the very last lap, right before the finish line, mm-hmm. Red Shell came mm-hmm. out of nowhere, hit this yeah. child who was about to win and have an amazing story to a beginning of gaming yeah. in her life of the first time I played Mario Kart, I won. Yeah. And she was, she was felled by none other than the foul behemoth Donkey Kong. And <laughs> you, I, you made this happen. You made this happen. I made this. How would I make this happen? Why would I make <laughs> you this happen? You didn't tell anybody, but you're trying to build an army of allies. You're, you, you were playing Donkey Kong goes by and you pull off a mask and it's you. Are you saying, through the red shell. Are you you're saying like, this is a false flag? A donkey, a donkey flag? <laughs> Hate Donkey Kong. I need more army. No more, more people for my army. Donkey Kong is a menace to society. Mm. I don't care mm. who mm. hears it. This donkey beat beat my little niece. It was wrong. Yeah, it was wrong. Mm. And then for the rest yeah. of the whole entire Grand Prix she was playing, Donkey Kong was hot on her heels at every moment. <laughs> if you were flying in the air and there was a, a wheel coming out from the top of the screen from, from someone behind you, that who had it was right there. That's DK. He was right there the whole time. This donkey was harassing her. <laughs> it was messed up. I'm just like, okay, yeah. Donkey Kong, you can harass me. I'm a grown man. That's fine. Yeah. I can take it. Don't harass a six-year-old man. That you ain't cool. No violence like this child. <laughs> that was uh, yeah. that was an experience, and uh, you know, just reaffirmed my my dis my distrust and distaste of of one Donkus Kong. <laughs> Donkus Kongus. Donkus Kongus. Yeah, I hear you. He pulls no punches. The DK. Was a foul moment. All. Foul moment in yeah. time. Anyways, <laughs> that's what I've been playing this week. What have you been playing, Chase? I've been playing some video games, David. Let's hear it. Quick update. I beat Dead Space. Nice. The like remake that just came out. I was trying to think about if there's anything really significant that I wanted to bring up uh, since the last time I played it, and I don't really think there is. Most of what I said about it last week is still appropriate and hasn't really changed having beaten the game. Mm-hmm. It was fun and ridiculous and, to me, not horribly scary, despite the fact it was like icky and gross, which is like, that. that's what it's trying to do. But I think in giving the player enough power, it's like yeah i can i can deal with all these bozos it's fine they're like horrifying to look at but you know just shoot them dead it's fine these um, necromorph bimbos or himbos yeah, as man, you say it's, it's all good so like yeah i i thought it was very fun the you know the the twist that happens towards the end is fun still i, I knew it was coming but was still just like oh that's cool what's the twist um, i've never i've never i've never twisted the twist um i'll cut this out but like 
it's not a huge surprise when it happened this time. Uh, when I was younger, it was quite a surprise because I was a dingus. Um, and and in my Ashley Johnson era. <laughs> you, you were in your full Ashley Johnson shit right then. Anyway, this game does the thing that I was fond of that Resident Evil games do a lot, where it gives you a lot of stuff that you can keep when you restart another game. It's like New Game Plus, essentially. Mm-hmm. It also offers you like, hey, if you want to restart, there's a bunch of you know new things you can unlock in the game and you can you know play on hard if you want to and so like just pretty much immediately slapped on another you know run and started playing through it i haven't beaten it but it's been really fun to like just redo the game essentially Mm -hmm. with you know better armor and i'm playing on hard so it's a little bit more of a challenge um but because you've been playing it the whole time it's like it it feels like a fun challenge rather than like this is just way too hard like i got this yeah and you've got all your guns from the first playthrough so it's like you feel at least a little bit more prepared Mm -hmm. so it's cool I, i i really like that a lot of these like horror games do that where they offer you another way to experience the game after you've beaten it mm-hmm. and like new game plus is not specific to horror games but i think horror games can do it really well because after you've played a horror game the first time through inherently it's going to be a little less frightening yeah because you know you know what's around the corner mm-hmm. being able to lean on that and say yes we know it's less scary so now we're going to offer you just really an action game at this point is cool like Mm-hmm. It's cool that those things can fill both roles. I think the most prime example of that to me last year was the, or it didn't come out last year, but I played it again last year was Resident Evil 3, uh-huh. the remake, because it was both, it was that, and it was also very short. And so like you could play the game in short order and then do that again. Like I said, I think I beat the second run in like two hours or something like that, mm-hmm. which is like very, very nice, very fun. So yeah, I, I had a good time with Dead Space. I think this is a fun one. That's fun. It's like two games in one with those horror games now. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I, I really like that approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, more thoughts in it last week, but I think most of it still stands. I also played a bit of a, a throwback. Um, I fired up GoldenEye the other day. Oh, on the, on, the, on the Nintendo whatever expansion pack or whatever it is. So I saw that it dropped there. And I was like kind of aware that it was there, but then saw it on Xbox Game Pass and was like, uh, well, you know, I think I'd prefer to play it on Game Pass. Yeah. So I did that. And this is a weird experience playing this game, man. <laughs> um, it's not quite so good anymore, huh? Yeah. I like it's 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 interesting because like I definitely this this GoldenEye came out and I played a lot of it at the time. Yeah. I was like not immune to playing Goldeneye. I think nobody was at the time. If you were, no. if you owned or knew somebody who owned an N64, like this was a game that people had. Slaps only. Let's go. Yes. Which was fun, but I don't think I held the same like level of nostalgia that a lot of people had for it. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really think from, you know, a couple years on, I was like, man, there are better shooters than Goldeneye. Yeah. Even like better rare made shooters. Like I think Perfect Dark is a better shooter than than golden i was yeah it even uh what is it like i can't remember if it's agent under fire or like night fire whatever the next gold or uh bond game was on the n64 yeah. it was also pretty good by comparison but like man it feels pretty clunky i so something that the the version on xbox did was that it updated the controls to be just like a regular shooter meaning that if you use the right analog stick, you can just look around and, and shoot at dudes, mm-hmm. which makes the game considerably easier because GoldenEye was built with the N64 in mind, which meant that you had to use one analog stick to move your character and to aim if you needed to. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, the N64 solution was to, if you hit R or hold R, then you would go into like aiming, aiming mode, mode, right? Yeah. Which I, I turned that control version on which for a second. I was like, oh, this is so rough. No, this feels quite bad. That's wild. It feels rough. Like it, it's this 
the way that it controls is that the reticle will naturally sort of center itself. And yeah. so if you pull to the right a little bit, uh-huh. you will look right for a second, but if you let off the analog stick, it'll it come back, to, back center. to center. Right. And so you have this, like, I don't know what feels like you've got like a, a metal arm that's kind of like naturally trying to swing back to the center as you're trying to like hold a gun on the end of it. Like, mm-hmm. It's so bizarre. So I turned that off, which definitely made the game a lot more enjoyable. And like once, once I'm in there, it, it's still like fun to do these levels, right? I think if nothing else, like the, the level design is still pretty fun to me. That, that may be nostalgia for me, but like, you know, running through the dam on the first level is fun. Mm-hmm. Running through the like snow covered area in the second one is fun. Mm-hmm. Going down into like the nuclear silo in the third level mm-hmm. and like having to like not shoot any scientists and get a picture of the, the satellite that they have in there is fun. Like I think all that stuff is interesting and does deviate a little bit from what, what I think is like kind of a standard shooter thing of just like kill the guys, you know, doom is mostly kill the guys and Mm -hmm. you know, maybe you find some, uh, some secrets or some keys, but by and large, like objectives were not a big part of doom or quake or anything up to that point. And so I, it, it does still feel kind of novel in that way. Of course, like every other shooter would eventually do stuff like this, mm-hmm. but it, it does still feel kind of interesting to play through it. And especially when you're looking at like difficulty in these games, because I don't know, it, it didn't feel like people were doing a shitload of damage on harder difficulties. I think they were, but just because I was using the the like modern control scheme, it was much, much easier to fight these guys. Mm-hmm. Cause also the game does a fair amount of like, it gives you a little bit of leeway with whether or not you're hitting these dudes. You can kind of just aim yeah. in their direction yeah, and it'll get them for you. Is that a healthy auto aim? <laughs> yes. Which again, you need it on the N64. Like it, it's hard to hit people with those guns, but the, the harder difficulties start layering on more objectives, which I think is a fun approach. Like there are more ways to fail level because like you need to do X, Y, and Z or collect all these cards on your way to the end, which is always hilarious if you like fuck one up because you'll get to the end of the dam. My boy James jumps off the dam to like get to the bottom and it's like mission failed because you forgot to collect a card key or something. I know. He's just like doing a swan dive off. It's like he goes <laughs> yes. all red. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You fucked up. You did now. So it's, it was interesting. I, I also like realized that I was playing, I mean, this game came out in like 97 or something and I was playing that when I was seven or six. And so like your boy, your boy wasn't reading all of the text in this game. (laughs) And I, it's hilarious that like before every mission, the game essentially like presents you the mission brief from all the people on your team. So like M gives you, uh, like, Hey, here's the actual, just like overall mission brief. Q gives you some technology and, uh, Oh God, what's the like love interest name and bond money, money. Yes. Money penny just gives you a horny text essentially. (laughs) Like at the end of every mission briefing, it's just really? money penny every single mission. What does she say? She's like, it's always so ridiculous. Like, hey, there's a dam here. I hope it doesn't break and all this water gooshes out or something like that. <laughs> like just terrible, dumb, low hanging fruit. Oh, money penny. It, it speaks to the like, you know, sort of inherent, terrible masculinity represented in yeah. Bond. and games at the time but Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. it's funny in hindsight to me just like god this is like embarrassing to have to like i'm reading the mission brief like okay what are my actual objectives here how do i do this and then money penny sends me like a you up text in the end of the brief like what the fuck is this whose job do you think that was to make those those mi6 sex (laughs) back in the day my friend this one isn't horny enough we need another one this isn't good (laughs) enough make it hornier we need this at least five times hornier okay i know but make it covert (laughs) horny don't 
don't hit him over the head with it. It's, it's, it's interesting. But anyway, so I, I think I mostly enjoyed playing through this, but also with the acknowledgement that like this was this is not that this doesn't hasn't aged particularly well yeah especially for like i would say one of the genres that has been honed the most oh, over yeah. the years oh yeah uh, uh, among the things that have been iterated on i think shooters are kind of up there with like the most iterated stuff absolutely because like you know even playing chained echoes late last year which is the like jrpg that like looks kind of like a snes rpg but is a lot of updated stuff there's so many like ux decisions or like experience choices that they make of like why haven't we been doing this the whole time why have why don't you heal up to full after every single battle so each battle can be sort of an interesting little fight Mm -hmm. that like it just hasn't been iterated on that much whereas like shooters definitely have like people have figured out like what exactly makes a shooter feel good what's good yeah and yes and so it feels like kind of whiplash to go back to Goldeneye. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's it was a fun game, but I'm like, okay, yeah. I I understand. Do they have online multiplayer? I didn't check. I think they do. But I I if I remember correctly about the Nintendo one, it was like something was limited about it in a very Nintendo way. You can only uh play with people who you share a friend code with something yeah some such fuckery that nintendo would do i'd never know my friend code like that's probably a more (laughs) secure number for me than my social security code for sure social security code social security number it has more numbers (laughs) it has more numbers yeah and fewer people know it that's for fucking sure that's true yeah i don't have to tell steve's pizza my friend code when i apply to a job there steve does not want to be your friend he just wants to be your employer no man he would like to make some money off of my pizza slinging abilities Mm. which he did you were just sucking at the teat of big mozzarella big pizza big pizza (laughs) okay so the final game that i've been playing which is the one that i want to talk about by far the most Uh is this game called season a letter to the future oh what is this? Is this game going to be like sad, like a commentary on climate change and shit? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Partially. <laughs> <laughs> like that's really sounds like some climate change shit, but okay, I'm ready. Yeah, man. Okay. So, uh, this is like an indie game that came out very recently. Um, I don't think it was made by a huge team and I would, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that there was a fair amount of reporting that has come out in the last few years about this place and specifically the the leadership that scavenger studios had it it sounded like there's a pretty shitty dude in charge of it i don't want to give more covers to the dude's name but essentially like he, he was you know pretty shitty and rowdy and like in the the reporting had mentioned essentially that like he would get drunk really often and like grope people that worked there and it, it sounds pretty terrible and, and the, only, the only reason i bring it up is just that i think if if you're gonna play this game that you might need to take that into consideration that you know that that's something that happened with regard to this team and i know that something a little bit more encouraging about it though is that they they have set up a certain amount of like policies for prevention of specifically that sort of stuff at the company and like you know third-party hr professionals that like came in to try and like you know clean up a lot of that and i i you know i don't work there so i can't speak to the quality of that success or the quality of that program but it's one of the situations where like like I, it because it's such a small team like i would want to support the people who are still working there but um it, it does kind of come with this this asterisk on it you know of course no ethical consumption or capitalism but still wanted to like call out the shitty behavior um before we really talked in earnest about the game so about season the actual video game it is this game where you are playing as this uh like fairly young girl estelle like she strikes me as maybe in like her 20s or something the thrust of the game is that you are just wandering around this world documenting it 
Mm. Uh, which is like, there's so much more to it than that, but that's sort of like on paper, what, what is going on in this game? Sure. So the, the thrust and sort of the main entry point of the story is that someone, this uh, woman, Estelle, she lives in this village. that's like very high up on a mountain. It's like, it doesn't really give like any sort of like it's in Asia. It's like not Tibet or something, Mm -hmm. but you live in this village that's like kind of on a mountain and no one has like really left in a long time. But a friend of yours has this like prophetic vision that very soon a new, the, the current season will end and a new one will begin. Mm. And in this like world seasons aren't, it's not like the weather it's not like spring or summer. Sure. They're sp- spread out over like, you know, many, many years. Okay. And so uh, the current season that's been going on uh, is about to stop and a new one will, you know, come in its place. What's the current season? They haven't named it yet. It's, it's like, because it is so current, oh. they, they haven't like given it a name, but uh, regardless, the, the thing that happens is that you as Estelle ask the, this like, older woman who like you're like hey i would like to leave the village and i would like to go document the world as best i can so that like a future generation can see it Mm -hmm. which is uh gives context to the very beginning of the scene is somebody opening this like scrapbook that has estelle's face in it it's clear that like from the beginning this is the scrapbook that you're going to be like building through the game yeah and so it seems like it's gotten into the hands of someone Mm -hmm. in the future and so it starts like that which is like already kind of a wild conceit for a game like that is not really like anything that i have played before yeah and sort of sets you up with that and then immediately puts you into uh, the first like scene of the game which is um you are playing as Estelle. It's like a third person game. You're just walking around your house and you're hanging out with your mom and it is like the morning of the day that you're going to leave, right? That you're going to leave the village. That's some big vibes right there. Yes, absolutely. And like, I'm going to probably talk about this a little bit later, but like, I've got to say that there's a weird connection to my brain between this and Kingdom Hearts right now. Oh, So much of it is just like got this same level of melancholy in it. You eating some sea salt ice cream? (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised if that showed up. And like, (laughs) I think season is a lot more clear with like what they are saying thematically, but Mm. like, it's possible that I've just been playing too much Kingdom Hearts recently, but the same sort of like, (laughs) this is beautiful and sad. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, I always see Sora's face. Anyway, so the this first scene is that you're you're hanging out with your mom and she's like, "Hey, I'm it, this is really cool that you're going on this journey, but I need to make you this like pendant, this necklace uh to protect you from they're a little unclear about what it is, but some kind of like mind disease oh. is what they mention. And uh the way that we're going to make it is that she's got this like burner set up in the middle of the room that you have to go and collect some items from the house that hold a memory for you and that's that represents each one of your senses. So like, you know, touch sight smell and you're going to burn it which will you know bring a little bit more energy into this pendant but at the cost of your mom losing that memory forever once once it is burned she will not be able to remember it whoa which on the face of it is like oh my god this is fucked damn and so you kind of like the the first scene is this experience of like walking around your house and Estelle like looking at these items and she gives you like a couple of lines of dialogue about each little thing you can pick up, mm-hmm. which was the first indication to me that like, oh shit, the writing in this is very good. Mm. Much of the writing in this game feels like prose mm. and I'm not like a good writer sure. or anything like that. And so I think for writing to be good to my brain, it really has to like be obviously clearly good to me. I, I guess that's a personal distinction, but because I'm not like super familiar with that, it's harder for me to judge like why something is or isn't working with writing. But I will say that like this one oftentimes kind of leaves me gobsmacked in a lot of ways of like, whoa, that was a really cool line or like, holy shit, that was really heavy and deep. 
mm-hmm. in a way that doesn't feel pretentious to me. You know, it, it approaches that sometimes, but a lot of the times it's just like Estelle describing something or like how a scene has transpired. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so you, you go through your whole house and you're sort of like looking through stuff to try and put into this this burner. And like, it felt very much like the, the Kingdom Hearts mm-hmm. intro where Waka and Titus are like, what are you scared of? And you have to say like getting old or losing my friends or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, I bet there is a mechanical thing for that in Kingdom Hearts. I bet there's not a huge mechanical thing for season. It was still just like painstaking. I was like, fuck man, I want, I want to like get it right. You know, like really distill this, this stuff into this like pendant. It's also like heartbreaking when you go give it to your mom and she's like, oh yeah, you used to do this. And like, I remember this one time that this thing happened with, you know, X, Y, Z. And then she's like, that's a really nice memory. And then throws it in the burner and it's clear that like she doesn't remember it anymore damn it's just like heartbreaking especially like you know my family has a history of alzheimer's and so like that's a very personal and specific experience that i can relate to in a Mm -hmm. much more or a much less fun or magical realism sort of way Mm. but that like scene was definitely like wow this is intense and uh right before you leave you like take a picture of her and yourself and uh, you're, I think, I can't remember if it's Estelle or your mom, but like one of you is like, well shit, like there we are. All we were captured like this moment will always be here on this like beautiful morning forever. And like, you just leave after that. I'm like, that was fucking wild, dude. There's a crazy intro to a video game mm-hmm. and the way that the rest of the, the next like, you know, quote unquote level plays out and how the majority of the rest of the game plays out is that you exit your house and you essentially make the journey from your village outside of your village. And the way that the game progresses that is, is that it gives you this like kind of Polaroid camera and a audio recording machine. And what you can do with that is like take pictures of a village or take pictures of interesting things or people or whatever, or record the sounds of like something like incredible that I, I uh, the beginning level has is there's in this village, it's common for people to play music throughout the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just these little music boxes that are on people's porches. And uh, when the music stops, it's like an indication to the village, like, hey, it's sunrise. It's time to wake up. And so like you're up before all these people because you're leaving. And so you can go record a little bit of the music box. And what you end up being able to do is that you open up the scrapbook and either, you know, place the photos that you took or you can place like, you know, a drawing of the the thing that you captured this like sound and it's automatically drawn. It's not like you have to go there and, and there, do it yourself. And it, it'll play the audio that you captured if you you know hover over it and so you're doing like the layout of this page which Mm -hmm. like i really like i'm like i enjoy doing layout just you know on on, in my job outside of my job and so like that's that was a fun thing to experience sure and uh yeah so, so the rest of the game is essentially you leaving this village and going out and documenting stuff wow. and it's really like beautiful in in more ways than what more ways than one i think just like visually it is striking how incredible it looks like it's got a very uh like watercolor cell shaded thing going on and so when you you first come out of your village and it's just like these sweeping green vistas it's just like holy shit man this is this looks just incredible it's maybe a trite comparison but like it you know, gives me sort of a Studio Ghibli vibe of like the, just the the beauty that those movies are able to convey, mm. both like large, expansive areas, but also like very small, intimate places is in this game. And I think that creativity that you see in world building in a Studio Ghibli film is here too. Like the game just, it shows you a lot without saying a lot sure. you know it's telling you a lot about like you know seasons and the world and stuff like that but it's also communicating like you know if you pick up money or anything the money's currency is called a poem and so like mm. 
you know, if you have 10 poems, that's, you know, 10 money's worth or whatever. 10 poems, is that equal to one sonnet? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's so the conversion? 10 rate. sonnets is an epic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so like communicates a lot of like what, what this world prioritizes. Mm. Um, and, and that's there throughout, right? Like it, it, there isn't a lot of like danger in this world. It's never, you know, you don't have to fight anything. And so there, there's a novelty in how it's expressing the world to you that I, I just don't see in a lot of games. Like it, it has taken a lot of assumptions that people I think make a lot of the time when building worlds or building games and says, nope, fuck it. We're going to do something totally different. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. So yeah, the, the beauty of the visuals is there, but I think, like I said, the, the, uh, the writing in it is really good. It's just like parts of it are just like tragic and in, in like very specific and tiny ways, mm-hmm. which is beautiful, right? Like that's, that's sure. a really incredible thing to be able to capture in, in the game. Canonically, your, your dad has passed away before like any of this has ever happened, sure. but he like left you a poem. And it also seems like a recording of like, you know, how my daughter should be able to like leave the village, right? How, how she's be able to do this. And it's this like recording that you, you listen to right before you leave. And it's incredible, right? It's your dad's telling you to like, all right, you know, if you're ever like overwhelmed or something, I want you to like lay down on the ground. I want you to close your eyes and the game, of course, like, you know, goes completely black and you're just listening to the voice of your like dad. Mm-hmm. It's like, I want you to feel the ground and feel all the people that you're seeing for like all the dead people that aren't here anymore or all the people who have yet to be born. Whoa. You're like living and seeing and breathing for them and like to feel that support underneath you. It's just, again, it's, it's incredible, right? <laughs> it's just so good. Damn. Um, deep. In a way, yeah, in a way that doesn't feel like, you know, somebody's trying to flex their thesaurus. <laughs> it's just like, that's <laughs> nice. It's a nice way to write. We out here um, thesaurus flexing right now. <laughs> and like, I, I think the sort of like tragedy and, and beauty in it is the game is saying a lot. Uh, once you get to sort of like the main area, there's like a kind of a more open area that you eventually get to that you're like really trying to explore in earnest. And I think the game has a lot to say about like memory and the pain of remembering, mm-hmm. like just how hard it can be to carry on with like so many, so much stuff in your history or, you know, what we carry as a people or a culture or anything like that. Sure. And how also difficult it is to capture any single moment with any sort of accuracy. Mm-hmm. Like every time I take a picture in this game, I'm like, ah, that doesn't, it doesn't get enough of what I'm trying to look at here. It doesn't mm. look right. What an artsy man. <laughs> yeah. Or like when Whenever I'm making the scrapbook, I'm like, I don't know if that page is perfect, mm-hmm. right? Like there might be more to it than that. And I, I think it's speaking to this difficulty of capturing the moment, mm-hmm. which is like, that's just a thing that people deal with, you know, like it is not necessarily something that somebody who is a photographer deals with. It is that, but also like how hard it can be to just like be in the moment and live in something and experience this like specific slice of time mm. and how like you'll always be there, but you also won't be able to like remember it perfectly or anything like that. And you know, again, as a dude with existential crises galore, (laughs) like I don't, (laughs) I don't always worry about like, you know, Oh, I, uh, you know, my car got all fucked up or something. I'm going to have to pay some money to do that. Okay. Or like uh, my, my, I work in tech. And so like my job is currently a risk. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, like whatever, man, like it'll be okay. Sure. I'll figure something out. And like, you know, that's, that's a privilege to say that because there, there was a time when that wasn't the case. And mm-hmm. I know that that's still not the case for a lot of people, but that sort of stuff just doesn't really bother me. But the shit that does bother me is the, what are we doing here? 
dude, is this mean anything? Does this matter? Am I going to like, are there really important things that I'm doing? Am I going to be able to like distill that at any point mm-hmm. and capture that in a way that is meaningful, which is, is good. I like it. It is surprising to me that a game is able to draw that feeling out and simulate it. So, like, it's it's just incredible. I think this game is so fucking good. Nice. Yeah, it is. I I sort of suspect that this game, depending on who plays it, will speak to different stuff because mm-hmm. there is a lot in here. Yeah. Right. Like there's also like I haven't I haven't spoken to even like, you know, 80 percent of what's going on in the game. There's sure. so much shit happening. You know, the the world itself is clearly some sort of ecological disaster has happened. Yeah. Or you run into a group of people eventually that are like grappling with how best to organize themselves and stuff like that. Mm. So there, there's all sorts of stuff going on in here. But I think that's like kind of a, a good part of the game is that it is saying a lot of this very well. So that if if you're coming into this, there's a lot of stuff that will speak to you. I <laughs> I read a review of this. I don't want to name the name just because like I don't want to dunk on this person or anything. Sure. But like they they reviewed it and they're like, oh, I was able to like walk into an area and like cheese the game by just taking five pictures of the sky and filling out my scrapbook. And I'm like, the game is just like begging you not to do that. It's just like, please, please like steep in the moment. Chase then takes a sip of wine and goes uncultured swine. (laughs) And so it's like, yeah, the the game is just like at every moment is presenting you with like incredibly small and like incredible moments. And and to sort of ignore that is uh, to me kind of missing the point of the game. It's like I, I get that it might be hard to get in the headspace of playing this and being like, I'm going to give this game the time that it's worth, right? Because it is asking you to be able to be in the right headspace mm-hmm. of patient and not needing a game that moves really quickly. Yeah. Because it isn't that, right? It, it isn't that kind of game. It reminds me a lot of, it, in some ways, uh, Eco, the game, the sure. previous yeah. game from Shadow of the Colossus people. And like, not tonally in like the kind of terror that has, that is an eco, but I think like visually and just the, the way that the, the game is asking you to play a little differently than you might be used to Sure, is it, it felt kind of similar. I'm also weirdly reminded of dark cloud one specifically oh, okay, because it, and we played this fairly recently, you know how in dark cloud, like when you go into the dungeon, you come back with those like little like bits of the village. Yeah. It's either somebody's house or like a carriage that sits outside their house uh-huh. or the person or who the lives person in that themselves. house. Yeah. This game is kind of similar in that, you know, you're putting together this like page in a scrapbook of enough stuff mm-hmm. for like an area. And it always tells you like, hey, you're in the, the strawberry field now or something. And once you get enough like stuff captured and put on the page, it'll sort of unlock like, uh, I think they call it like a conclusion, which is uh, your character just sort of like takes a second and reflects on like the whole area mm-hmm. and like says something. If you're in a cemetery, it's like talking about who lived here or like sure. what these people thought about death or like what the ritual was to like, you know, talk to people beyond the grave and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it, it feels kind of like Dark Cloud when eventually you get all the pieces put together for this one little sure. area. It eventually sort of uh, materializes in a way that feels very satisfying to me mm-hmm. of like, nice, I like got enough of it to, <laughs> to get a little bit of a ding boy for real quick. Sure. You always find the ding. So, yeah, I totally, totally aware that like there is so much of this game and I'm chewing on a lot of it at once. And I also suspect that even after I beat it, I'll probably need to like think about it for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll also say like this game probably isn't for everybody. This doesn't sound like it is. Yeah. No, I could see it being frustrating in its pacing or the kind of game it is, right? Like it is, it's really slow. 
and the the way that you move is kind of like meandering and there's not really like there is not a thrust in the way that I think a lot of games have mm-hmm. but it's I think it is asking you to experience it you know you're you're I don't think your decisions at the end of this are gonna matter yeah you know it, it's not like it some dude's going to pop out and be like, that was a fucking sick photo of that horse, dude. It's just like the, the story. They should make and that game though. They should make that game. I, I horse photographer that. simulator. <laughs> and a, and a nice man complimenting my horse pics. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it's really going to matter at the end of it. And I like the point of the game, I think is not to do that. It's for you, the player to experience what is happening in the game and like reflect on what you choose to capture and how you choose to capture it. And like what your approach is in these games. Cause you could also definitely not capture everything, you know, mm-hmm. or you could just try and live in the moment. And that's like, there's oftentimes like dialogue choices where the game pretty directly asks you like, what are you doing here? And you can answer like, I'm trying to document everything, or I'm just trying to like see this place yeah, or anything like that. And so I think it is the game is trying to say to you, like, this is, this is the point. Like it, any single moment of this game is the point. Mm. Like I said, I bet that that's not everybody's cup of tea, but for me personally, I'm just like, I'm, I'm, I love that man. The game is saying something, which I'm always a huge fan of. But when do you get the BFG to blow up the things? <laughs> The monsters. When do, you, when do I get a battle rifle? How do I quick scope yeah. in, in season? When do I 360 no scope? Where's that part of the game? <laughs> can, some, can somebody make a sweet MLG clip of me playing season? <laughs> MLG clip of you just... It's just you taking pictures of this beautiful scenery with like... Oh, what do they even make MLG clips with nowadays? It's not dubstep anymore. That's like... 10 years old at this point it's like it. they'll just play like a meme sound like a sound from tiktok or like a, oh. a half a second clip from something what's the what's um, the hottest meme sound from the talk nowadays i think in every one of the the like compiled game clips i will always see that fish that like is chewing on a carrot huh. that makes the like oh sound fish Do you know the chewing one on no i have no idea what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> fish chewing i didn't even know fish ate carrots yeah you see that one a lot that's it (laughs) nice anyway season is a good fucking game i am so impressed with it and i'm interested to see how it ends because i think like this game could end very badly Mm -hmm. and that would probably affect it you know like if if dead space ended badly narratively it'd be like well oh well right like it's still fun to shoot necromorphs but i think I am interested in season because of what it is saying as a whole. And so if it like totally drops the bag, then it will probably be a little bit less interesting. But even still, I I think what it's doing with like how it's asking you to capture the world and what it's asking you to think about is is really cool. I just I want to beat it before I come down and say like, yes, this is just like an incredible game. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Even still, I'm 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 loving this one. This is a very good game. The end of the game is actually it just creates an MLG montage of you doing all of these things. <laughs> that would be a that'll be a heel turn. It sounds like. Yeah, I think so. Well, but you know, I'd appreciate it. Sounds like a fun game. You need glasses to be able to fully appreciate. It's true. It's a beautiful game. It's very cool. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this will bring me to my optimistic thing of the week, which is gaming. David, I I am now gaming. <laughs> Hello, gaming. I'm Dad. <laughs> so my optimistic thing of the week this week. David, Mm -hmm. is an interesting control scheme. Ooh, okay. Both good and bad. Both both good and bad. (laughs) Because, uh... 
Goldeneye certainly is an interesting control scheme. Kind of kind of painful to play through it that way. Mm-hmm. But something that I will say that Season does very good. It's got a great bicycle control scheme, David. Bicycle? Real oh, good bicycle, bicycle controls. Nice. You control each foot? You control each foot. No shit, the, I was joking. No, you do oh control each foot. And it's not like hard. It's not like you're playing fucking Yanya Kabbalista on the PS2 with the little it's not co-op. skateboard. No, it's not co-op. It's just like you on, on the... I'm playing on the PlayStation, so you get that real nice like uh, mm, feedback from it. Trigger, but triggers exactly, yeah. So you, if you hit the R2, your right foot will pedal, and then if you hit L2, your left foot will pedal. So you gotcha. can just do so that just back, back and, and forth. forth. And it's like it, it doesn't take you that long to get to pretty much like your top speed where it asks you like, okay, you don't have to pedal anymore. But just, ooh, love that, really good, really really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice. A good control scheme. Always, I always love it. I do love a good control scheme. Shout out Ape Escape. Ape That's a good one. Love, love to throw a net with my right hand. Jet Li's rise to honor anyone. Totally. Just use your stick to aim at stuff. Use all the sticks. Sticks only. <laughs> sticks only. It was sticks only, wasn't it? I think so. I think maybe you used like the, the shoulder buttons, but I'm pretty sure yeah. like all the fighting itself was sticks only. Man, what a game. I have that game. <laughs> I think I've really played it though. Yeah, if I, I think remember I tried playing, I'm like, this is silly. It yeah, it stopped. doesn't feel so good. <laughs> it was hard. It was hard. I remember. It, yeah, it, it was hard. David, do you have something fueling your sense of optimism today? Yeah, it's a good teleport slash dash move. Oh yeah, a little blink action. Little bl- yeah, blink. That's the perfect way of saying it. Blink. Mm. So good, especially when when I can do like a bunch in a row and like mm-hmm. blink away and then blink back in and hit somebody. Feels good. They have a good one in tunic actually. Oh sure, yeah. Did you get that far in that game? Um, I don't know. I think I did, but I'm not positive. But a good blink. I love a good blink. I love good mobility in games. And a, a nice quick teleport is always fun. I'm trying to think of other games that did that really well. Hollow Knight. Oh, Hollow Knight's a good one. Yeah. What's the uh? Was the like infamous game that like came out kind of early in the PS4 life cycle? That Second oh, Sun. Second. That was called Second Sun. Yeah. That one had a great blink ability because your dude would turn into like smoke. Mm-hmm. And just like move across the that the one area. was cool. That was pretty nice. I like that. This may not be a blink ability, but I did like the blinks abilities of blinks. Uh-huh. The time cat, the time sweeper, time cat, yeah, time <laughs> the time cat. Yeah, you, no, you got it. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's same shit. Hey, do you want to move on to our main thing, David? Yeah, let's do it. Hey, David. Yes? It's Good Games. Hi. <laughs> it's a segment where we talk about the OKS games of yesteryear and gush all the things that we, that we love about them. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's, That's it. the segment. That's, That's it. All it is. That's all it be. <laughs> and uh, we're doing another listener-suggested game. This one uh, was suggested to us by listener Ben. Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Uh, also one of the co-hosts of Defend the Podcast, a go- another good gaming podcast. There you go. You should listen to and uh, Ben had suggested this game called Recore that we played. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he gave us a little background about like what he liked, but I, I'm going to wait to read that until a little bit later in. But uh, yeah, we, we played that game. We played this one. We played it. But before we get hella far, David, might I hit you with a few hot stats about Recore? Yeah, please. Hot stats. Hot stats. Recore came out September 13th of 2016. So a little bit ago, this one, this one came out a little while ago. Uh, it was made by this company called Comcept, which some people might recognize, but some might not. This is a company that was founded by uh, KG and Afune, who is pretty much my video game dad. 
Uh, he <laughs> was involved with the making of Mega Man X, Mega Man Legends, Mega Man Battle Network, like all, all sorts of shit that I love. I love a lot of those games. But specifically, this this company was one that he had founded, and they they had their hands in a lot of pots, I gotta say. They were making a lot of different games. Um, I think the one that most people remember, for better or worse, is Mighty Number no. 9, the mm. game that was like kickstarted that looked a lot like a Mega Man a game, like but Mega was Man not Mega game, Man. Yeah. That was like, I don't know if you played that or not, but it was like not I did not. I, did not I didn't Mega. hear good things about it. Yeah, neither did I. And I did play it and I was like, oh, this, this isn't a very good Mega Man game. It doesn't matter. This game, uh, Soul Sacrifice Delta. And then also, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know about this game and I'm kind of bummed to have learned about it is Red Ash, the Indelible Legend. Oh. Have, do you know what this is? No. What is this? I hadn't heard of this at all, but they were pitching this and they did it on Kickstarter for a little while as the like spiritual successor to Mega Man Legends, David. Whoa. Okay. Whoa. That's indeed. a cool, cool name. Uh, good name. And I like, uh, looked at the concept art. I was like, that all looks pretty fucking sick. So far as I can tell, this game never came out. It seems to maybe still be in development, but I sort of doubt that. They like worked on it for a while and then showed like a really rough like pre-alpha footage of the game and then just sort of never did anything with it this this like section about concept i could probably go on about for a long time seems like kind of a mismanaged company overall mm-hmm. but uh wait i i should digress but pour one out for the <laughs> the potential red ash yeah uh, that could have could have come out ain't happening i don't think it's happening i do have a review this one's an interesting one I have a review from listener Matt Gosper. Um, <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. He writes for Survivor, uh, St- uh, I think is how you say it. It's an internet site that reviews games. This is a first. This is crazy. I know it, it is a first. <laughs> we were chatting in the Pontimism chat and I knew that he reviewed games. He'd like posted stuff about uh, his Fire Emblem engagement review. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then he saw that we were doing Recore and he's like, hey. I, I reviewed that game like that owns one. Another one of our listeners, Rufus says, or I had said, I'm going to give that a read. And one of our listeners, Rufus chimed in and said, do you mean translate? And I said, oh my God, we could do that. And so here we are. This is fun. I love this. I have taken Matt's review and run it through Google Translate a number of times, uh, one language into the other to uh, mangle it up real nice, which, which I think it did. Yeah. I'm going to read the (laughs) review now. Very excited. Yeah. Uh, Matt kind of said. Despite this problem, I still play Red Cord. Not many people have read his story, but his details piqued my interest. Hmm. Wars are different. Gang attacks may force you to start and stop and start and start. You can level and collect all over the world, so Nintendo isn't ready to give up on its Metroid ambitions. By the way, it is strong enough to last for a long time. And uh, at the time, Matt gave that a 7 out of 10. Strong enough to last for a long time. Like the the used car salesman came out there at the end, it seems like. (laughs) This baby's got a lot of miles left on it. (laughs) Still got a lot to give. (laughs) You know, shout shout out to you. That was actually probably one of the most coherent uh, (laughs) translations we've had. So well done on your your review. Yeah, I I tried to mangle it and it just kind of refused. I was like, okay, well, you know what? This is... (laughs) That's it. I under I kind of understood what Matt was saying here. It's nice. Matt, the unmangleable. <laughs> it's his boss name. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Thank you. Thank 
Thank you, Matt, for uh, your work on that one. I, lo- yeah, I liked thanks, the review. I, I also read it. It was a good review. David, could you explain to me what ReCore is? Yeah, ReCore is a third-person open area looter shooter, I would mm-hmm. say, that also has a kind of, uh, not, not like a lot of collectible but a a cadre of helper friends that you can have helper bots you can have who are also customizable in many different ways and degrees so you are you are this woman who is on this planet somewhere far off in sci-fi land and you have a robotic animal companion that you can modify and change and you can have different robotic companions as well and they can help you in battle with your looting and your shooting yeah you got it you essentially just like go into little dungeons you mm-hmm. gotta go get like cores from these robots gotta get the cores gotta recore those cores you gotta re- you gotta recore yeah no that's I, I think you got it hey what did you think of this game i enjoyed it it was cool. kind of just some mindless fun you know i didn't have yeah. to think too hard to aim the the uh Auto aim was generous. It was just more get out of the way of the bullets and make sure I match in colors the right way. Because uh, yeah, they give you yeah. there's a little mechanic with your with your gun of you know if you're using the specific color of bullet of the color of an enemy that you're fighting, it'll do more damage. So you have mm-hmm. to kind of think about it a little bit in that way. But it's not like you don't do any damage if you don't use those bullets. It's just a lot faster if you do it that way. It's much more effective. And I did enjoy the little mini game of pulling the cores out of the the robots it turns into like a fishing game when you do that <laughs> it turns into this random yeah little fishing tug of war game all of a sudden mm-hmm. and it is satisfying especially if you do it right when they're almost dead and you just pull it right out of them without having to actually yeah, tug it's fun that feels pretty good but i enjoyed it like i said it's kind of it's it's an interesting enough environment the the like i said the gameplay is pretty mindless but engaging you know i say mindless but i don't mean that as a pejorative i just mean that you don't have to really think too hard to engage with the game and its combat which isn't always necessarily a bad thing because i don't think Mm -hmm. that's really what the game is going for it's more going for explore uncover the story figure out what's going on and find parts to level up your little robot companion who's oh so cute oh so cute yeah it's you eventually get more of them but the first one you get is like pretty much a, a robot dog it's yeah. very good very hard good hard to beat the robot dog right off the bat it's uh when i first played this i didn't really look very much up about it i was just like mm-hmm. all right i'm going in and my one of my first thoughts when i was playing the combat was like damn that's that's Mega Man legends combat if i if i don't mistake it oh yeah the like locking onto somebody and then strafing around them while you shoot at them is like very Mega Man Legends that is Mm -hmm. like pretty much the main way that you fight people in that game which initially I was like damn that's fucking cool not to mention the 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 idea of like going into these dungeons to look for like cores or crystals or whatever mm-hmm. also very Mega Man Legends which uh in in one it made me feel two things one I'm bummed that this game uh didn't do better or that it's not a little bit more better like this is definitely an okay game but I was also like damn that's cool that like this is what it would feel like if one of those games came out these days it also sort of reinforced to me the idea that like i think half of what Mega Man legends appeals to me is the visuals of it and like the tone of the game sure because like i I think this game's like you know it's like some post-apocalypse stuff you're like on a bad planet and you gotta go fight robots and stuff like that bad desert planet yeah but like and i don't mean this in like a terribly pejorative way but like the visuals are like kind of normal like it it looks like a video game Mm -hmm. you know and like there are interesting parts about it i think some of the designs in here are pretty neat but yeah i was like i i I think it hammers home like just how much i do like the like cell shaded stuff going on in in legends Mm -hmm. 
But after having read like, oh, this is the guy who did Mega Man Legends, it makes sense why all of those influences are here. And yeah, I, I agree with you that like the loop of the game is pretty fun. It's, it is kind of mindless. Like you're just like, all right, I got to go into this area and there are some cores I need to get. And like, there's a place that I have to go to and like find all those little like green bots that are hidden somewhere exactly, to open up yeah. a door. Mm-hmm. It's not like hard, but it, it is kind of nice to just like have on and play and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I think that I, for whatever reason, the companion stuff does kind of appeal to me. I, I like being able to level up your your friend as like your main way of getting better in the game. Make your dog stronger. Make your dog stronger. Whereas like in most games, they would just let you upgrade like your gun or something like that. But this mm-hmm. one's like, no, you're, you're upgrading your robot friend, which is cool. <laughs> it's true. And I did enjoy that they gave you different looks for your robot friend. Like I definitely yes, got definitely. the head that looked most like my dog growing up. And I'm like, I don't care mm-hmm. what the stats are. This is staying on you until maybe I find another one that looks like this that has better stats, but this is you now. Shouts out coffee. Shouts out coffee. Gotta get them big, gotta give them big pointy ears. Love it. Yeah, them Ger- German shepherd ears. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely. It's cool. I, I thought this game was interesting and neat. I didn't like look up what happens in the story. So like, I can't speak to whether or not it like got like real interesting, but like there's a lot of stuff going on of like, it seemed, I think there's some stuff about like the, the people are trying to like colonize or not colonize, but like explore these worlds and like mm-hmm. try and overcome. I think there was like something called a dust devil plague that like yeah. ravaged earth. Things are bad on earth. So people are trying to find a, a new hospitable planet. Yes. But they don't go as well as I think it will. Right. Yeah. It reminded me of something. Oh, it kind of reminded me of Mass Effect Andromeda. Oh. Which, you know, is, is th- that's a whole other can of worms, but like uh-huh. just conceptually the story kind of sounds similar. It kind of reminded me of Interstellar. Yeah. Yeah. I get that too. Earth's makes fact, sense. Go find something else. Yeah. There's no Matt totally. Damon to come and try to fuck you up. I guess maybe he's Victor. <laughs> I just like how they talk about Victor and Victor's just a robot whose name is Victor. Yeah, it's really good. <laughs> so some of the characters in this are actually pretty fun. Like the the fast travel creature that shows up for you every now Violet? and then. Violet? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Peppy creature. Reminded me of a of a Moogle. Yeah, they got a little Moogle, Moogle vibes to them. That's true. That's totally true. I hadn't put that together, but you're right. Can I read to you what, what Ben had to say about this game? Yeah, please. It was, it was, a, it was a nice message. I had asked him if he um, had anything else to say about ReCore. And uh, Ben had said, I experienced ReCore at a time where I was overly critical of games without actually playing them. And he said, I had begun an experiment with a couple of friends where they'd task me with a benign game from their backlog as a palette former or foundation setter. And ReCore was the first game I was given. Mm-hmm. What I remember about my experience with it then was being surprised at the attempt of the system harmony. There are a few uh, different mechanics rolling around in here. And as the game goes on, it melds and me- meshes your abilities and points it all towards the end. Ing. I was impressed at what it was going for, but I remember feeling it was already antique, old by proxy, Mm. because it wasn't presenting anything new or uh, innovative. He says, when I reflect on ReCore, I think fondly of it as a collection of ideas that a studio tinkered with and ultimately made something of a game with it. I enjoyed the roster of knack knack (laughs) companions, knack canyons, that's a tough one, Uh, and (laughs) and their rotating utility around the world. Um, When I think about it now, it's not as much of an antique as it much is an artifact crystallizing a subgenre of collectathon platformers that existed in the middling generation of the consoles, and I'm grateful for it. Mm -hmm. Which is well put. It's a well put way of describing this. Absolutely. I think I mostly agree, right? Like, I think the 
the mechanics do feel a little older. You can feel them in there. Mm-hmm. And like, it, it, it's interesting. I, I always wonder, like, I think games sometimes can feel like they're being like, you know, throwbacks to other genres or other like games in the series or anything like that. But uh-huh. mechanics don't always do that. Like, it's very rare that you get like, ooh, that's a nice throwback mechanic or something like that. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like a game, you know, like Chained Echoes, that's like, we are specifically trying to be a 90s video game. Um, sure. There's a part in Death Stranding that is a throwback to something mm. else, but it's very deep in the game. So I can't, oh. can't really talk about it. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting, an, an interesting point of like what mechanically has, what has evolved and like, what is, what feels old? Cause I agree. It does feel kind of old, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think like the shooting mechanic of it definitely feels yeah. old, but there's part of the companion portion of it that doesn't feel yeah. old. That actually reminds me of God of War. Yeah, for sure. Right? In that you have a button that is kind of hot key to your companion, then you can upgrade your right. companion yeah. in a different screen and make them stronger. So that was kind of an interesting parallel that I saw, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's very much heralded as a very modern game. And I'm trying to think about other games where you have that ability to have like this other creature thing that is mm-hmm. with you and you're able to command it to do certain things during during combat. I guess maybe a little bit of near as well with your kind of yeah. pod which is eh, mm-hmm. maybe not quite so much the same sort of deal because it mostly it's just like acting as your gun in that game i did think that that was maybe a fresher thing in the game than some of the other stuff yeah but i do agree that yeah like the the overall game design of go into the dungeon yeah. delve down deep find the thing and come back out tried and true tried and true yeah yeah it definitely like e- even at the time was kind of not not on its way out but a, a little bit on its way out yeah I people think, were kind of looking at it side-eyed yeah this is also like right before breath of the wild comes in and just like blows all of that up yeah changes everything yeah and so i think you you definitely start seeing games like this where it's like they're they're kind of reaching the conclusion of collect-a-thon and shooting and platforming mm-hmm. um, because there is a fair amount of platforming in here there is there's a double jump there's a dash boost in the air this isn't totally true all the time but i was also thinking like i wonder if this is what like jack 2 would feel like if it came out in 2016 i i did like, get some jack vibes just with <laughs> the double jump and the shooting yeah yeah i was i was it, it physically sort of reminded me of playing that game almost no other way but just like the the double jump kind of feels like jack and daxter and this shooting feels a little jack and daxter mm-hmm. you have a little you have a little creature on a quest creature on a quest man <laughs> that otzel yeah true yeah this is this is an interesting one i don't know that i like you know when we played like ikaruga or something like that i was like god damn that is an incredible just downright good inventive game Mm-hmm. Or something, you know, cat tails or something that is like maybe a little less polished, but has like a lot of original stuff. It feels like this one is like doing ideas that have been done a lot and they're okay. Like they're doing it all right. Mm-hmm. But I would like, I would be remiss if I said this was a bad game, you know? Absolutely. This is, this is the person who does just enough to keep their job, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's you like, would never consider firing them. Oh my God. No, no. They're, they're doing, they're doing a fine job. They're not doing an exceptional job, but they're doing a fine job. It's like, I don't know. I don't want to make a a sports analogy too, too intensely right now, but there was a quarterback in the NFL (laughs) named Andy Dalton, who was the starter for the Cincinnati Bengals for years and years and years. And they did all Mm -hmm. these studies on his statistics and they called it the Dalton line, which was, he was the (laughs) the breaking point of, if you were worse than him, you were not a starting quarterback in the NFL. But if you were as good or better than him, you were a starting quarterback in the NFL. This feels like the dull line line. (laughs) of a just fine video game. (laughs) 
if you're any worse than this, it's like, oh boy, like, I don't know if I can delve too deep into this one, but if you're better, like, wow, okay, what's going on? Something interesting. Exactly. Like this is, this is the (laughs) most average game. And I, that sounds mean, but like, it's not a bad thing. I don't think. No. Yeah. I don't think so. Cause like the game is still doing a lot pretty well. Exactly. I think it's it's interesting that Ben was tasked with this as like a palette former because I do think like this game will show you like what it is to be okay game and what you can appreciate or dislike about it, right? You know, like it will point out to you what feels bad about it. Mm-hmm. in a way that will kind of build your taste, right? Because like, I, I don't know if this is true for anybody else, but when I play like a really perfect game sometimes, or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 10 years ago when like I wasn't thinking quite as critically about games, but like when I played a really good game, it was kind of hard for me to pick out exactly what was working right all the yeah. time. Or when I played a catastrophe of a game, it was like everything is wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think it is much harder to find like what specific stuff about this is or isn't working. And like, I think it's true that that would probably develop you some taste in you, you know, like Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like what, what is working about this for me. Absolutely. I think for me, yeah, it's definitely the companion stuff. I like the companion stuff. And you're right that like, I I think a lot of the time when you have a secondary character or a companion, a lot of the time they want you to just control that other character completely. Like, you know, go into the body of your friend and now you're them and you can fight as them rather than just like press a button and Atreus will shoot an arrow. Exactly. Right. And you're sort of controlling the battlefield rather than just one person, which is cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. The collectathon stuff, I could kind of take it or leave it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, same. I don't I don't need that. That's not that's never yeah. been what draws me to a game. I know there's people who love that stuff. That's that's just never been me. Uh, there there are games that I'm cool with that. Like I'm I'm cool with doing that. I think it just kind of has to like the loop has to be more intrinsically good for me, you mm-hmm. know? It it's not a collectathon game, but I've been enjoying playing through like the skirmishes and Fire Emblem Engage okay. because like they don't mean anything story-wise, right? It's just a way to get more resources or level your characters up. which is fun because like the tactics are good it's fun to play the game and so it's this loop of like i want to go do a skirmish because it's fun and i get more stuff and i can upgrade my characters which will then allow me to uh be better and do harder skirmishes and stuff Mm -hmm. like that and it just sort of folds back in on itself sure and i think this one does too right like you get stronger companions which will allow you to do harder dungeons and stuff but i think the the carrot was not as obvious for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's just like, yeah, I, I, I think I do want to upgrade my companions because like I like this dog robot. Mm-hmm. But like yeah, the it would be cooler. If, <laughs> but if if it was just like contributing to some larger goal, you know, that mm-hmm. would be pretty pretty cool. Totally. But yeah, mm-hmm. cool game. Yeah, no, it's 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 it was an interesting one to play. It was yeah. fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed my time with this game. I did too. Good, just kind of relax and shoot. Yeah, I also like I. I just totally missed this one completely. Yeah. Um, I will say I, probably not a great name for for a game. Yeah. It needs yeah. to be a little catchier, but I think it's really just letting you know what you're in for. It point. is appropriate. Like, this is just what we are. This is this is the game. <laughs> Getting cores. Getting cores. Cores and cores and recoring. Anything else to say about this game before we uh, leave it behind? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Thanks for suggesting this, Ben. And uh, thanks for writing up your feelings about it. I definitely appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. couple of things hello hi is the first one (laughs) Um, whoa hello and and hi yeah you get both two for one one if you want to go on the internet and like see our internet presence uh that's a weird way to describe that uh there's podtimism.com it's a place that you can go 
see our social medias or get a link to the show or uh, see what games we've covered. There is also a new section of the website that I built. Mm, it mm -hmm. is the podcast art of the show. Recently, I've been like kind of in my spare time just making covers for our episodes, for any of them that like fe featured a game specifically. You're really letting um, everyone know why you liked Seasons right now, huh? The layout? Is, yes. that what, is that what you mean? Yes. The little art that you make for each episode. Yeah. No, it's very satisfying. I really like doing that, like removing the normal cover or like getting the, the box art for something without the name on it and then sort of duping the, the text. Very fun. I really like that a lot. And so I did it for most of those. So if you want to go check those out, um, there's just another part of our website. I think it's the uh, podcast art gallery is maybe what I called it. I don't remember. But yeah, that's on there. If you want to go check those out, there's a couple of good ones in there. I really like the way that the Super Metroid cover turned out. That one was pretty good. A lot of those earlier ones are like, ooh, the Mario Party one. Really, really liked that. Cruising USA, cruising VGP. That's mm. that's fun. I like that. Ooh, with the three letters. Yeah, exactly. And the, and the Spider-Man cover I thought was pretty fun. Anyway, you get the point. You can go check it out for yourself if you want to. So that's there. You can also find a link on there to suggest a game if you want to. We will play games if you tell us to, like we did this episode. So there's that. Um, what else? Uh, quick shout out to two, two shout outs, actually. One, the first shout out uh, is for Scout. This is a scout out. As usual. Uh, her, as usual. She uh, she made our podcast art and she did a great job. You can uh, check out any of her stuff. She's at Humble Goat on most places on the internet, but um, you can certainly check her stuff out at Humble Goat or co-fi.com co slash Humble Goat, which is her, uh, her Ko-Fi page. And you can buy her a coffee or buy some uh, buy some stickers. Also, just big, big shouts out to an author that I know named uh, Brene Brown. I'm a big fan of Brene Brown, and I've always been a fan, big fan of Brene Brown. And I think you should be too, David. <laughs> what is this from beyond, from beyond the pale? Um, yeah. Big Brene Brown head no, over here, huh? Big, big Brene Brown head. I just, something in the universe was telling me that you doubted my knowledge of Brene Brown. And you just felt uh, the need I to just, flex on me with some Brene right now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, um, man. Okay. Sure. I see you. I see, I see you. She's Hobie. Brene Brown. No. I mean, she's great. Uh, she's great. She came and did she a did. talk in my grad school one time. Oh, that's awesome. Unrelated. Mallory texted me before this and said, Do you want to troll David a little bit? <laughs> And which Chase's yes, answer is always yes. Yes, I would like to do that. So but do you she, really like she, Brene Brown? Um, yeah, I've seen her. Or I've watched your TED Talks a fair bit. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's got good TED Talks. The T Talks. Anyway, that wasn't part of the podcast. I just wanted to fuck with you. <laughs> that was good. That was uh, good. Yes, I, you said you said it. And I'm like, this is this is bad. This is bad. They're talking to each other. <laughs> They're coming for me. What else? Oh, also, if you want to help the show, there's a couple things you can do. One is uh, reviewing it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever. Spotify is a lot easier than Apple Podcasts, but both are available to you. The uh, definitely more effective thing to do is to tell a friend and say, hey, I like this podcast and you might too. Definitely seeing more people chatting about it. So uh, that's that's nice to see and appreciate that even if that was not your intention, still appreciate it anyway. I am love mm -hmm. hearing about the show and just like, I, honestly, I just, I just like talking to people about fucking video games, man. So that's fine. It's good. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you for engaging and thank you for uh, hanging out and being a podcast. It's great. Yep. Yeah. 
usually then I go into saying thank you for listening, but we sort of just did that already. So, you Mm -hmm. know, listen to that last part again, if you want to know uh, our our feelings, but thanks for listening. We do, we do appreciate it. Yeah. We love it. David, do you have any gaming wisdom for us to to leave on today? Yeah. You know, if you are stuck on a desert planet Mm -hmm. toiling away, it's just you and your robot companion. Yeah. You know, just make sure that you packed some Brene Brown, (laughs) some light reading. She'll, she'll definitely get you through that tough time. Yeah. She's great. smart lady she knows what she's talking about (laughs) um i don't even know what she does talk about positive psychology i'm guessing yeah it's about a lot of it real with your emotions and stuff be real with your i mean yeah if if there's any ways to be real with your emotions it's on a desert planet uh where pretty much everything is trying to kill you yeah you got to conquer your emotions to be able to survive in that harsh environment and that's you know that's kind of just like the real world that's true that's very true you know, the, 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 a desert planet could be your backyard. <laughs> it's true. Core bots trying to get you. Never yeah, know. the desert planet of your mind. The you desert know? planet of your mind and the core bots of your maladaptive uh, patterns and uh, <laughs> emotions and thoughts. Brene Brown will, will help to thank you, help vanquish those with you alongside you. I'm really going to have to include the Brene Brown bit before this for this <laughs> specific joke to make any sort of sense. <laughs> This is now a Brene Brown podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, gamers. <laughs> sorry, gamers. It's all about emotional health now. Hey, that ain't a bad thing. I I guess that's true. Knowing a lot of gamers, maybe not our audience, but a lot of gamers at large, maybe maybe like a mental health podcast wouldn't be such a bad idea. Oh, absolutely not. You feel me? You know? It's always, it's always good just to check in with yourself. See what's going on in there. Take a look underneath the hood, you know? Kick the tires. Check out the hood. See what sort of like baggage you're carrying around. I mean, it's probably something. It's probably something. Why is your chest all tight all the time? What are you thinking about? What terrible stories are you feeding yourself all day? Why are you grinding your teeth, huh? Oh, my God, dude, don't get me started. Your boy has to wear the the night guard so that I don't just grind my teeth into dust in my sleep. I have to get a crown because I don't. Because of said teeth grinding? Yeah, almost positive. I can't think of any other reason why that would happen. Them shit's expensive. They are expensive. When did we decide that teeth aren't healthcare, guys? The fuck is this? When we decided that we're better than the British. I feel like we should come to the opposite conclusion. If we are better than the British, which I ain't saying that, but maybe we should get some better teeth. This is relying on old, played out stereotypes. I bet the Brits have figured (laughs) out braces by now. Sorry to any British people. I'm sure your teeth are great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is a Brene Brown cast now. I hope she hasn't said something terrible in the interim. God, you never fucking know, dude. I'd you be never shocked know, if Brene dude. Brown, if Brene Brown. I, me too, but you never know, man. We're all Brene's. We're all Br- Brene yeah, heads. We're 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 Brene's. Brunettes? Brunettes? Brun- brunettes. We all got our hair colored to brown now. Where's <laughs> the funny joke to end this podcast? <laughs> um, Have a good night. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. End of podcast. Good Goodbye. I hope your week is good. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Brene Brown. Bye, Brene Brown. <laughs>